Hey, Holmes, get down. Right on. Bitch, please. Oh, bitch, please, my ass. You want a sandwich? Dig that. Oh, hell yeah. She's a bad Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Some days we ask the question, what's love got to do with it? Hopefully we can find out more in our next discussion here next on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant, and I'm driving my car safely and legally communicating on my phone. Minnesota law allows a driver to use their cell phone to make calls, text, listen to music or podcasts, and get directions by voice command or single-touch activation without holding your phone. Violations are very expensive. The National Safety Council reports that cell phone use while driving leads to 1.6 million crashes per year, and nearly 400,000 injuries are caused by texting and driving. Not surprising, since four seconds with your eyes off the road is like driving the length of a football field blindfolded. And research shows that just two seconds increases the risk of an accident up to 24 times. Texting may only take a second, but it can end your life or ruin it forever. Please. Drive safely and stay alive. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Bradshaw and Bryant. I won't pretend that I intend to stop living. I won't pretend I'm good at giving. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the JB's Low Tech Podcast. As I kind of hinted in the in the opening, I asked a question, what has love got to do with it? But it's not totally about love that we're talking about today. We're talking about uh, breakups and loving yourself and all types of details. And I want to welcome to today's guest, Jackie Pugh, who will guide me and us through this whole deal. How are you doing, Jackie? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Um, so I just want to start off with the basics and just ask, because you are a, uh, oh, a, trans, a full life trans, transformational coach, and I want to know what that is, why and why and how you became one and why did you become one? Yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's a, a long answer. It's a long answer. If you would like the long answer. <laughs> sure, go for it. 
so a full life transformation coach, um, it, it, all of my clients, no matter where they're coming from, we look at every single area of their life because everything is connected, right? If we're having relationship problems, romantically, more than likely we're having some type of connection problem somewhere else in our lives, or we're having intimacy or vulnerability issues somewhere in our lives. If we have a, you know, um, an issue with finances, we probably have some, some type of a block there, and that might stem down to something like worthiness, in which turn affects all areas of our life. So when I work with my clients, they do typically come to me from a place of feeling like there's more in life, there's sad, lost, depressed many are single not all of them but many are single they so desperately want to find that their person they feel lonely and by the end of four months of working together they feel so free and fulfilled and alive from the inside out their relationship just not romantically or how they desire um, in a future partner So, um, so why did you, Uh I'm sorry, I lost you there for a second. Um, so why did you become a, uh, full life trans transformational coach? Hello? Yeah. Okay. Did you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. I was asking, why did you become a full life transformational uh, coach? Uh, because I had had my share of heartbreak, and I finally had hit rock bottom in my own life and felt unfulfilled in literally every single area of my life. And I looked around, and I was like, what is the common denominator here? Like, there's got to be something juicy that I can blame this on. And when I do, I'm going to blame it so hard. And I, I figured it out. And it was me. And I had that whole moment of feeling like a victim of me. Like, how could it be me? But then I realized that it was actually a really wonderful thing. Because if I was the common denominator, that meant that I wasn't waiting for the job or the boss or the family or the friends or the significant other to change. It was all me. I had the power to change it. And and like they say, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And literally that day, my coach ended up launching his very first self-development program. And I was so depressed that I hadn't worked in two months. And I every cell in my body was just vibrating. I was like, I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. I will make a way out of no way. And I, I spent $5,000 that I did not have. And I made that my job for six months, and I focused on me. And in turn, I ended up changing every single area of my life. And I wanted to be able to give that gift to other people. And um, if I can ask, you said that gift. What is the gift? The gift of internal freedom, fulfillment, feeling alive and at peace. I did not know that that was possible um, if out, if external circumstances were not the way that I desired. I did not know that that was possible. But in reality, how we feel inside is actually a mirror of what 
is happening around us. And so when we can learn how to cultivate that inside of ourselves, we start to see our external world also change. And so for me, it's, it's truly a gift to learn, you know, schools teach us what to think, they don't teach us how to think. And so I think it's such a gift to, to give people, to allow them to learn how to think in a way that's actually effective and beneficial for us to, to create a life that we love and that feels really, really good. So uh, does our emotions play a large piece of this? Oh my goodness, so much. <laughs> so much. Um, you know, I'm sure many people out there have heard of law of attraction and manifestation. Those are very hot, hot words and, and things right now. And believe it or not, like we have been manifesting since the moment we popped out. Literally, since the moment we came into this world, we just maybe have been doing it on a subconscious level, right? We, we've been doing it unconsciously. And so the way that energy works is like energy attracts like energy. And emotions are just energy in motion. And oftentimes they come through and we're like, that was not cute. I'm going to shove it down. And now I'm going to carry it with me everywhere I go. And now like energy attracts like energy. And then we get frustrated when we keep calling in the same types of experiences over and over and over. And so what I really, really um, invite and help my clients navigate is how to express their emotions in a way that's one, healthy, and two, that's going to get them to the other side where this emotion isn't continuously popping up for them. So you just spoke of the law of attraction. Uh, for those, including myself, <laughs> uh, could you give a short uh, synopsis of what what is the law of uh, attraction? The law, I'm sorry, the law of attraction. Yeah. Kind of like, just like gravity is a law, mm -hmm. the law of attraction is a law. So when you think about it, it's really simple. Like the knows 
what to give you is based on what thoughts you're choosing and what it is that you're feeling inside. And so I like to think of a little analogy of whatever it is that you believe in is behind a counter, like at a, at a store, and you walk up and you say, I want to buy with my energy this thought, this and for purposes of people believing in different things, I'm just going to say the universe right now. And the universe says, okay, you have the free will to think and feel whatever you desire. And this is what you're choosing. Your wish is my command. I want, I want you to be happy. I want this for you. I'll give you more of that. So when we go back to the phrase of you cannot have what you want, but you can have what you experience. If I'm going up to the counter and I'm like, I really want to find the love of my life. I want to find the love of my life. The universe says, okay, she wants to experience wanting to find the love of her life. So in turn, I'm saying that I, I'm literally in this state, I'm experiencing lack. I'm experiencing not having it. That's my feeling. That's my emotion. That's what's going out into the world. And so the universe, and via the law of attraction, will start to bring more scenarios into my life that allows me to keep wanting to find that person. And then we get frustrated. But if I went out there already experiencing, I have so much love in my life. I love this feeling. Bring me more love. Like, this love feels so good. The universe is like, okay, they're focusing on love. Let's give them more love. They're feeling love. That's what they want to match. And then in turn, you will literally see more love, whether it doesn't have to necessarily be romantic, it can be in all different types of ways showing up in your life. Does that kind of make sense? Yes. Um, yes, it does. And it, and it kind of brings me to my next question, because I see you have a group that's uh, how to be single AF and loving life. Um, <laughs> All the, all the young people in the world know what AF means. I do, too, and I'm not going to say it at this point. But um, Well, uh, it, it does. It also stands for, for in, my, in my world, it also stands for unfulfilled. What was that? I'm sorry. And in, in my world, mm -hmm. it can stand for, like, you know, the cool playing AF, but it also stands for unfulfilled. Oh, okay. So single and fulfilled and loving life. That's a lot cleaner, but um, so I take it that part of this journey is begins with, or at some point, uh, you have to love yourself. Am I correct? Oh yeah, and and I was unfulfilled because I was not valuing myself. I was not loving myself, but I didn't know that that was the reason why. I had no idea, and once I figured out that key, everything started to change. And it did start with, you know, looking at my belief system, looking at my, at my emotions, at the patterns in my life. You know, it's, uh, it's simple, but it's not easy. Right? It's, it's a simple process that I take people through, but it's not easy because you have to be willing to face off with yourself. You have to be willing to face those things that you have been shoving down and avoiding and not wanting to look at because we think that... You know, especially society says that emotions, you know, it's like, oh, 
it's not brave to, to feel a certain way. It's not cute to feel a certain way. And so we don't feel it. But in reality, the most brave thing that you can do is to feel that thing without guilt and let it out. Otherwise, it consumes you. It, it's energy. It's a, it's a mass that you can't see. And, and I'm a, a prime example of it. I had a breakup that I didn't deal with. Now, on, um, not, not knowingly, I did not realize that I hadn't dealt with it because of the way that things panned out. And I just needed to like go find a new place to live and, you know, just move on with life right away. And I was needing three to five naps, three to five hours long naps every single day for three years. I would be completely energetic like this. And I mean, within seconds out of nowhere, it was like someone slapped me across the face me up and I, I I could barely move and one day it took me everything in my body everything I had to turn my steering wheel left and I called my mom I started crying because I had seen so many doctors and they're like there's nothing wrong with you you're fine you're fine you're fine and it wasn't until I saw a um, holistic doctor who ran a bunch of different types of tests on me and she was like, Jackie, there actually is something going on in your body, but I don't know the root cause of it. I don't know the cause of it. And um, my adrenals, which is our energy source, mm -hmm. those were almost completely shot. My hormones were that of a postmenopausal woman. And my uh, uh, good bacteria in my gut, which we need, because more information goes from our gut to our brain than from our brain to our gut. You're supposed to have about like 120 to 280 units. I had 12. So things in my body were literally starting to shut down. And she didn't know why. And then one day I had a realization that there was a breakup that I hadn't dealt with. And I was like, oh, no, for the first time in my life, or the first time in three years, I'm going to have to deal with this breakup now? Like, I have to feel this sadness now? I don't want to feel it. But I knew that I had, like, I had to in order to move on. And so um, I actually just, I had just, created my program burn and I, I had not released it to the public yet but it initially was for people going through breakups and I felt like such a hypocrite I was like how in the world am I launching a program for breakups and I have one that I haven't dealt with myself and so I became my very first client and I got to put myself through that program to make sure that it works and it does <laughs> and with the very first um like emotional process that I take my clients through I did it on a Sunday and by the time Friday came I saw my doctor and I was like Rachel for the first time in three years I have not needed a nap and I did this thing on Sunday and 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 now I, I had haven't needed a nap all week and she's like Jackie that's what it was it was emotional it was all emotional stress and as we talked about it, I realized, oh, my God, my breakup was exactly three years ago. I didn't realize that this is when this started. And so that's why I'm super passionate about helping people, um, you know, when we're feeling down and depressed and lonely and all these things and going through hard things like breakups and identity crises and things like that is because I know what it can do to your body if you don't deal with it. And so dealing with it, it does get you to the other side. And it's pretty awesome over here. Well, I under totally understand the part of the uh, getting the right biochemicals from your uh, gut. I was on a um, 
I have uh, acid reflux, and I was on a medication for four years um, that basically shut down that system. And I had switched doctors, and he said, hey, you've been on this way too long, and got off of it. And it was a sensation of uh, watching a boat that was sinking all of a sudden level off and begin to float evenly. And and that's the way I felt like, oh. Flush, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I just felt in, in balance, you know. I yeah. I didn't feel out of balance. I didn't feel anxious. I didn't feel anything, you know, because it, for the first time in years, I finally had everything working together again. So I totally understand that. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was by luck. Uh, my old doctor had retired, and I, I uh, picked a new doctor who was younger and if one of the first thing he asked was that question and he's like uh no you need to get off uh off that medication he said you probably shouldn't have been on it longer than no longer than two weeks and it's like oh wow <laughs> so um wow yeah so as you were going through this and you were uh looking at yourself were you uh, looking as yourself as a victim, or you looking? At, were you looking yourself as a hero? Were you looking at yourself? It's totally the problem. Uh, how were you looking at yourself? Well, at first, I definitely was looking at myself as the victim, and honestly, like the first thirty years of my life, I looked at myself as a victim to everything. But when I had that moment, that moment of realizing that I I was the one that could get my power back, and I signed up and I worked with my coach, that was the moment that all of a sudden I changed to the hero mindset. And I was like, no, 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 no. This, I'm not giving any. A lot of times we hear, well, you have to take responsibility. You have to take responsibility. And we can get really defensive, I feel, with that word. Mm-hmm. But taking responsibility is actually taking our power back. We're saying, no, you don't have the power to make me feel a certain way. Like, maybe a horrible thing happened to us, and we were a victim to the situation. However, it is our responsibility to take our power back and heal from that and make gold out of that darkness. Yeah, I believe in in everybody's life at some point you've been a victim of something, but it's how you choose to uh, rebound from it or get away from it that uh, in some ways defines you or make you happy. At least that's what I think. I completely, completely agree. And it's, I mean, I thought in my own life, and it's so fun to see it in my client's life. I mean, usually by week five, I'm like, who are you? So you're a completely different person than you were five weeks ago. I have people literally in, in their 50s, who 70s, I have some clients in their 70s who have gone to therapy, and I'm not talking down about therapy because right. I definitely think that there's a time and place for therapy, um, and I've done it myself. Um, but people who've been in therapy and done EMDR and all different types of, of therapies like that, 
for 20 plus years. And after five weeks of working from a coaching modality, they're like, I had no idea that I could yield anyway. I've spent 20 years of trying it one way. I had no idea that I could yield in 25 weeks. That's the power of really taking action on, on things and not staying in, and I'm a victim to this thing. It's okay, how can I change it? Who's been there that can guide me in a way to help me change it? I'm, I bet you got, and you got to have to be ready for it, right? If you're not ready and if you're not ready to be committed to something, like, oh, I want to change, but, oh, somebody just called me, so I'm not going to go do X, Y, and Z that I committed for for my growth. It doesn't work. It, it doesn't. You might have, a, you know, a little bit of changes here and there, but if you're like, no, I, I'm no longer a victim to this. I'm taking my power back and you are committed, I mean, you can see literally mind-blowing transformation in a very, very short amount of time. Um, in your words, what is the victim mentality for those who may be struggling to maybe figure out what we're talking about? Yeah, victim mentality is, why did this happen to me? And a hero mentality is, how is this happening for me? Like, I believe that everything happens for a reason. As much as some things might suck, well, at least most everything, I should say everything, most everything happens for a reason. And when you can put on the brain of, of okay, how is this happening for me? What can I learn from this? What can I, what can I do better? What can I, uh, what goals can I pull out of this situation so I can manage better next time versus why does this always happen to me? I'm having a pity party for me. See, this always happens to me. Okay, it happened again. That's victim mentality. Can't, in some instances, people uh, make that like a uh, self-fulfilling prophecy. I've. I think I've had some people in my life that um, almost seemed like they were happy to be in a victim men- mentality. Oh, yeah. Because that's it, your comfort zone. So our egos, a lot of times we hear, oh, they're so egotistical. And and we it's usually so it has to be right. But there's actually a reason why that person always has to be right. And it's just because our ego wants to keep us safe. And the way that it can keep us safe, all it cares about is living or dying. It's all it's, all it's focused on is living or dying. And it wants to keep us living. So even if we may have been in a situation that we didn't love, that sucked, that hurt our feelings, subconsciously, our mind, our, our ego will look to either create or find very similar situations to get into. Because if it can recreate that scenario over and over and over, it could be like, okay, see, I told you you were right. This always happens. This is not how we want to feel, but we didn't die. And so it will literally find ways to keep um, engaging in the same type of patterns and scenarios over and over and over, no matter if, if the jobs change or the people change or the external environment changes, it will literally look for a way to create the same 
thing over and over and over just to keep us safe. And so that's why earlier when we talked about beliefs, it's so to look at what beliefs do we have? What belief is running through our head? Are we constantly saying, I'm always the one that's not included. Nobody's ever going to love me. I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. Those are all things that I actually, I've always thought, or I used to always think about myself. That's also the common thread that I've seen with all my clients from all over the world, whether you live in China or Turkey or Canada, we all have those same limiting beliefs. And our, our brain, whatever beliefs we have, it wants to prove it true. And so when we can look at what those beliefs are, figure out where they stemmed from and start to rewire our brain, then we can literally start to change what it is that we're experiencing in our life. I've once had someone in my life who um, couldn't actively be a part of the partnership, and they would uh, look to, to me to make all decisions, but then once a decision went bad, um, made it about them and being a victim. Is that a common, is that, is that common? Um, I think that that's, so I'm not a doctor or a therapist mm-hmm. or a psychologist, so I cannot um, obviously diagnose things, but that could also be a little bit of a narcissistic quality of almost like gaslighting or manipulating situations to where they're always the victim. It's always about their feelings and how they feel and uh, saying, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, Just finding a way to always put blame even when they're the ones that cause it. Yeah. That's that's definitely the way I felt after a while and was the reason why I got out of the relationship was that because it just it's like I'm not looking for somebody who who's a victim all the time I'm looking for somebody who can you know be my equal uh, share in the ups and the downs and um, look to find solutions and not just wallow in the in the pity it's uh well, I'm really proud of you. Yeah, well, thanks. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't easy, but uh, I guess I kind of uh, found out the hard way. Um, why is it, yeah. and, and I think we kind of talked about this a little bit, why is it important to value ourselves before relationship, in a relationship, and and probably if a relationship ends. Yeah. Uh, well, that was my thing. So my pattern was I, I was always attracted to and attracting guys who were more consumed with themselves, who always made me an option, never a priority, who I don't want to say they were bad people, but they were always like too cool. And it also comes down to attachment styles mixed in here. And there were certain attachment styles I was attracted to. And I was very anxious. And it always ended up, um, I 
everything the same way. Hence why I was like, what is this pattern? I gotta look at this pattern and break it. I'm so thankful that I did. Um, but what happened, what was happening was I, I didn't realize at the time, but I only felt valuable and worthy if somebody wanted me. If I was in a relationship with somebody, if somebody was picking me. And so whether this person was treating me good or bad, quote unquote, in a way that, that made me feel alive, but no matter how they were treating me, as long as they were still in a relationship with me, I had I felt some type of value. But as soon as they would leave, they would take all of my value with them, and I was left with nothing. And so it's really, really important for us to find our self-love and our value and our worth. And I, I self-love, I know my men listening is such a, a cliche term, and I'm always trying to think of something cool to, to to say instead, but it is what it is right now. It's self-love. It's so important to define that within ourselves first because we're not going to be, you know, picking the low-hanging fruit. We're not going to be picking just anybody. Actually, I should say hoping that the low-hanging fruit picks us. We suddenly are the ones that love ourselves so much. We're like, you know what? I'm not willing to settle for less than I deserve. I'm not willing to lower my standards. I'm not willing to break my own boundaries just to have somebody in my life. I'm only adding in people who are aligned because I already love my life. My life is already amazing. I already feel fulfilled. Whoever comes in, it's just a bonus. It's just a bonus. And so that in turn allows us to us to pick. We get to be the pickers and the choosers more aligned partners. And then when we are in a relationship, it actually stands a chance of lasting and being healthier and more loving and reciprocal. Do you think that's um, why there's more singles today than at any other time in in the world? From what from what I hear. <laughs> well, I do think you know society is is different now, where divorce is not looked down upon as much. You know, it's more normal. Fifty uh, percent of marriages are now ending in divorce. So I do think that that's why there's more single people on that aspect. But I do think that the divorce rate is so high because people don't take this time. They don't take the four months or however long it is on their journey to just be with themselves, to figure out why they operate the way they do, to figure out what their patterns are, why they're there, how they're gonna change them, to cultivate that self-love and self-worth side of themselves to really know who they are. Because we're like, I want to find my perfect match. I want to find my, you know, love of my life. I want to find my dream partner. But if we don't know who we are and what would complement us truly, how are we ever going to be able to decipher who a, a great partner is? That's really, really challenging. And so I think that so many people don't take this time, whether, whether they're single. I've also coached people in relationships, but taking the time to truly focus on themselves before deciding to get married. And I think that's why it ends in divorce. And I think that that's why there's so many single people. And I also think that um, there's a common thread that I see happening quite a lot, mm -hmm. uh, especially with people between um, 
I don't know what the youngest generation is, but up until like their 40s, where there's a lot of co-ed groups, a lot of co-ed right. friend groups, and they'll flirt with each other, and they'll hug, and they'll cuddle, and they all hang out together. So they actually have companionship, right? They have right. A, they have attention. They're they're giving each other attention. There's a little bit of affection. The only thing that's missing is actual intimacy with somebody, an intimate moment. So people will go out, guys and girls, they've seen it on both sides, and they'll go out and they'll hook up with people just because that's the only thing that they're not getting from their friends. But in reality, what I've seen is they actually, both sides, end up still feeling unfulfilled because most of them have had something that has happened in their life, some type of, of trauma, and when I say trauma, it could be something really little. It doesn't have to be this huge thing. It could be something small. The brain just registered as, whoop, not doing that again. The person being my boyfriend or girlfriend, and then they said, no, it doesn't have to be a huge, huge thing. But we feel rejected, or we feel hurt, or we feel heartbroken, and we don't want to feel that again. So we'll go out and we try to fill that void by hooking up, by having co-ed groups, and ultimately we we're just putting a band-aid on to cover up the hole that we're feeling within our within ourselves. If that makes sense? Yeah. I, um, I have um, experience with people who are in that age group, and uh, I see it a lot. I see them, they will get together and, and hang out as a group or go to some um, function as a group. And um, there's probably some uh, security in numbers, you know, safeness in numbers, you know, you know, we're all in the same boat, so let's do this. But how do they get out of that, or do they want to? I think that they want to. I think that there's one. A lot of people don't know how, right? I was right. one of them. I didn't know how until I met my coach. And then the other part is they have to be willing to do the work. They have to be willing to, to dive in and look at those things because it's, it's vulnerable just with ourselves to be honest about certain pains that we have. Like, it's, it's, you, you have to be willing to go there. But I, I do think that a lot of people, um, they don't know how, and when they do hear of stuff like this, there's a lot of skepticism. Like, oh, come on, how could that really work, right? <laughs> And I mean, I've had some clients, we laugh about it now because one, one of them was the most skeptical client I've ever had the entire program. She was so skeptical of every single thing. I'm like, girl, just trust me. Just try, just try it. If it doesn't work, just try it and see what happens. And her life changed so much. And how she felt on the inside changed so much that she actually went and got my same certifications and she's a coach now. Um, so I do think that the skepticism plays a role in it. But... It doesn't hurt to try, guys. Like, it doesn't hurt to try it out. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. But more than likely, if you find the right person for you, right? Because I have, I have two different coaches. They're actually married. And I, I, I love both of them. But one of them resonates more with me. And they can say the same exact thing. But when he says it, boom, I just, it, it, it resonates in my body. And if she says it, I, it resonates, but... It doesn't hit me as hard. But then I have friends who, when 
are the opposite. When she says something, it fully resonates with them. And when he says it, it doesn't resonate at all. So it's really about finding your person and then trusting them enough to dive in with them. So as we talked about earlier, there's more and more single people. And one of the things, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm single. I'm 60. (laughs) And... uh, uh, but I don't, I don't say this, but I hear this a lot. I'm okay with being, uh, single and, uh, or, or I'm just going to be single and that's it. Are they afraid or are they just given up? I think, um, it could be one or the other or a combo of, of both. Um, um, I'm thinking of this, of the phrase that you just said. I might as well be single. Right. Um, or I'm okay being single. Some people will just put that wall up, right? They'll just put the wall up and be like, I don't want to get hurt. I'm not even going to try. I'm content. I'm going to stay here in my little cage around my heart and... And I'm safe here. My ego is safe here. And they are avoiding it. And then there's the people who are like, I actually, like, I'm, I'm the person who's like, I love being single. I actually love it. Never in a million years would I have ever thought that I would be able to say that, ever. <laughs> but I love being single. And I'm open to meeting my person when they show up. I don't need that. Before I needed somebody, and now I am excited for when that person comes into my life. Well, that's good. Um, what tips can you uh, give for people to work on? Or is, are there tips for people to work on self-appreciation? Some tips for self-appreciation. Some fun ones. Uh, just some lighthearted ones. I think it's that they're, some of them are a little bit funny. Um, not funny, but at first it's like, what? We, actually, Singles Day is coming up. Singles Day is on November 11th. I didn't even, and know, I didn't even know there was such I a thing. <laughs> I didn't either. And I have a, a PR intern right now. We've been looking up dates. And 11, I don't know if you believe in angel numbers or anything, but since I decided I wanted to be a coach, especially focusing on singles, I started seeing 111 everywhere, like all the time, but only when I was thinking about career. And if you look up the spiritual meaning behind 111 and then as many ones as goes on, it's all about being on the right track. And so we looked up what national holidays were coming up, and single day is on 11-11. I was like, no way. (laughs) Like, what are the chances? So single day is coming up, and some fun little things that you can do. Um, One, you can, I I really invite you just to have fun with it. Listen to the next love song that you hear. And sing it to yourself from your higher self. A lot of times we hear love songs and we automatically think that it needs to be about two different people, mm-hmm. but it actually can be about your higher self loving your current self so much. Like two of my favorite songs for this 
I don't know if you know them, but the one is by Andy Grammer called Fresh Eyes. He's like, I got fresh eyes. I've never seen this, seen this before. My God, you're beautiful. And I will sing that to myself in the in the mirror. And I just love on myself from my from my higher self. Like, girl, you've worked on yourself so much. I'm so proud of you. I can't believe it, but you are mine. Um, one of my other favorite songs is I Like Me Better When I'm With You. Do you like it by Justin Bieber? I'm not sure. It's like, I like me better when I'm with you. Yeah, that one um, I've heard before. Okay. Yeah, that one's a really fun one. Most songs can actually be from your higher self into your current self. And it actually is really fun when you start to do it that way. Another thing is I'd love to give people permission. Like, I give anybody listening right now, I give you permission to do things that light you up. Oftentimes, we, there's a lot of guilt. I don't know if you're anything like me, Jay, but there's a, a lot of guilt around doing things that, that light me up and make me feel happy. I've, I've always been like that. But I like to give my clients the analogy of, a lot of my clients are people pleasers. They're recovering people pleasers. I'm a recovered people pleaser. And I like to give the analogy of an ice cream truck. So if there's an ice cream truck and and there's this uh, ice cream man, and, and he's just, like, popping. You know, there's, there's so many people coming. It is the coolest ice cream truck, and he's just constantly handing out ice cream, and he's making first things happen, and little kids smile, and maybe one day some guy was going to walk by and franchise the truck because he saw how busy it was. But if that ice cream man never stopped to go to the store to get more ice cream, He's eventually going to run out of ice cream to give to others. He has to stop to go get more ice cream. Otherwise, those first dates aren't going to happen. Those little kids aren't going to be smiling. That franchise can never take place if he doesn't stop to go replenish his truck. And the same thing happens for us. Our bodies are our trucks. If we don't take the time to do things for ourselves, to do things that light us up, it could literally be a now. Like, if you're somebody that's just super busy, you're always saying yes, you're always people-pleasing, you're feeling obligated, you can be on the, on the couch shaking it out. You could be like, I'm busy right now, and literally be binge-watching your favorite Netflix show. You can never not be in action. Even if you're choosing to not do something, you're choosing to not do something, which is an action. So uh, my invitation is to replenish your truck. Do things that light you up. And also, if you've ever watched somebody, if you've ever watched somebody that's doing something that they love, I bet, I bet you would agree that it's pretty attractive. They have a new light about them. They're glowing. They're, they're, they're in their zone. Like, you want to be around them. You want to ask them questions about it. They literally, like we talked about at the beginning, like energy attracts like energy. They're drawn to that light. They want to be by that light more. Uh, and another tip is, is give. There's the law of reciprocity. What we give is what we get. If you want more love in your life, then give more love. If you're sitting there on the couch feeling sad and lonely and depressed, one, that's okay. You're, you can feel that way. Allow yourself to fully feel it in a healthy way. And then I invite you to go do something for somebody else. Go leave a note on somebody's car saying, have a great day. Buy the coffee for somebody behind you. 
I just did that the other day at a gas station. There was a little girl who like wanted the slushy and she didn't have enough money. That's like, it's fine. I got it. Like, no big deal. And I left. You know what? It made her day and it made my day too. It, Allison, I felt like I was full of more love. I saw her smiling and she's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And in turn, I felt really good. So go give love and in turn, you're going to get and feel and receive more love. Uh, you are probably explaining why, and, and please don't take this out of context, but for 15 years, yeah. I worked with college athletes. Well, for 20 years plus, I worked with college athletes, but for 15 of those, I worked specifically with a college softball team. And they always sang songs of love or uplifting themselves with each other. And it was just always good to be around them as a group as a team because they were always about uplifting each other and themselves and it just becomes contagious i mean you just want to always be a part of that and feel that way so i totally understand what you're talking about whereas i love that for part of that same time i was working with a college baseball team and it was kind of like the exact opposite. <laughs> so, and that's so, sure. you know, men, women, and, you know. Uh, but I digress. Uh, so, one question that popped in my head, and you talked about self-love. What is the difference between self-love and narcissism? So, self-love from a place of having healthy boundaries, of still wanting to show up for people, but in a way where you don't burn out, is desiring to be in reciprocal relationships where you want to show up and, and also the other people show up for you. And, and narcissism is more, and, and you, you're, you, you know, you, you are concerned about other people's feelings, but you don't take responsibility for all of their feelings. Um, questions that I, I love to ask myself and I have my clients ask themselves if they're feeling um, like, oh my gosh, should I do something wrong? Is this person mad at me right now? Like, should I hold all the guilt? Um, is one, I ask, um, did I do my best? Two, did I have the best of intentions? And three, did I do anything wrong according to my standards? And if I can answer that yes, yes, no, then I know how they're feeling is that that's on them. Like, I really did do my best. Mm -hmm. when, when it comes to, and by the way, we all have narcissism in us. It's, it's the only way that we have, like, that's where we get our confidence from, right? So right. we're all on, on different levels of it. Um, but people that are higher up on the narcissistic spectrum, they tend to only care about their feelings. So they will manipulate situations and do things that will benefit them and they don't care how you feel. They're only focused on how do they feel. That's it. They don't care if you are the only one giving and constantly giving and giving and giving. They don't need to reciprocate. They don't have that desire to give in return. Uh, they're more of, of takers. 
my, my girlfriend, she put it in such a great way. She said, when it comes to people higher up on the narcissistic spectrum, we so badly want them to see the light, but really all they want is our light. And a lot of times you'll end up feeling drained after a while around these people because they are just like, you know, pay attention to how you feel around people. When you leave, do you feel energized or do you feel drained? Yeah. You want to be around people where you leave and you feel energized. Right. No, those people definitely drain the crap out of you. And um, I, I try to get away from them as quick as I... And it's, and it's not... If you're really paying attention within five minutes, you can tell if they're like that. And I, and I, try, to, are, and I try to get away as quick as possible. What well, are some signs that you look for? I, the conversation's about them totally. And if it changes, they want to change it back as quick as possible. Um... They don't see other views, just their own. You know? um, and like you said, they never look to do anything for anybody else. They just don't. They're just right. always in it for themselves. And they, they might, like, in the beginning they might. And this is very important for for people who are listening, in the beginning, they can be very charismatic. And they can, they'll, they'll find out things that you like, and some, sometimes they will show up in that way. And this is why it's so important when we do start to date, to, as challenging as it is, to not get attached right away, and to enjoy but observe somebody. Because over time, they will usually take those things away. You usually end up feeling confused. You usually end up feeling, um, I, I, for lack of a better word, mind s. Like, like what is like what is going on? Um, they'll they'll say that everything is your fault, and like I cheated because you did X, Y, and Z. It's all your fault. Like they'll manipulate things, but sometimes in the beginning they can come off really charismatic and act like they really pay attention. Ones that I think are lower on the spectrum, or maybe higher, I'm really not sure. Some people really do show up in the way that, that you just described as well, where you know immediately. You're like, they're not even putting on a front. Like, no. <laughs> it's right here for me to see. Yeah. And um, I just, I, and sometimes it slips past me, but a lot of times it's like, I will basically shut down and it ends in basically ends the conversation and we can part ways because it's like okay this is going nowhere and I'm not talking about in a romantic so way I'm just talking about people in general you know it's just like yeah oh, okay I can only listen to so much <laughs> about and I'm not looking for them to talk about me just talk about something else you know and um, I totally get it right uh, 
As you are so graciously talking to me as you drive through my home state of Missouri, what part of Missouri are you <laughs> in, by the way? I, I just went through St. Louis, like, oh. while we were on here. I just saw the arch. <laughs> That's where I grew up. <laughs> um, well, thank you Uh, here's a final question for you so you can uh, I can get out of your hair and you can totally um, concentrate on your on your drive Uh, no this is fun I I enjoy it well thank you what does the process look like for some uh, if someone's life their lives is full of transformation or there is a change going on or or what does what does the process look like if someone wants to change their lives uh, with a full life transformation coach like you yeah um, go ahead hello um, yeah, for, if somebody's so, there are many different types of coaches out there, mm-hmm. and even if somebody calls them a full-life transformation coach as well, they may do it differently than I do, and, and there's no right or wrong. I always say, first, find somebody whose energy that you like. Like, I have multiple coaches, and I, I have, like, my home-based coach, so to speak, like, my one that, he's my guy, like one that I'll always go to uh, at the end of the day Um, but I have people for different things as well like I have an energetic coach I have a healing um, a healer and things like that but find somebody whose energy you genuinely enjoy find a lifestyle that you enjoy um, and what you aspire to be but most importantly pay attention to their energy like when I met my coach guys he was literally my surf instructor from Groupon okay yeah I didn't even know that a life coach was a thing he didn't even fully have a business yet he became Facebook friends and he would put out these little videos and it was just his energy I was like this is man I just want to be around him all of the time I didn't care how much he knew or how little he knew I just wanted what whatever he had I wanted it so find somebody whose energy that you like and um all I all I can is from my experience and, and what it's like working with me is we would look I would want to hear your your life story summed up and I would look for certain aspects in your life when it comes to family dynamics and past relationships and friendships and I would get a general idea of the patterns in your life and first make sure that I truly feel like I could help you I don't like there's a reason why 98% of my clients have mind-blowing transformation just because I I hand select the people that I work with who I genuinely truly feel that I can help them so if I never I can't help you or if I feel like I can't help you I'll refer you to somebody else I know tons of coaches um so first that's what it would look like and then if we chose to work together it would be a four month long process and I usually only do group settings uh, reason being is I've done one-on-one coaching, I've done one-on-one therapy, and I've also been in group uh, coaching. And for me, my biggest transformations have come from being in group coaching. 
one, it forces you to be a little bit more vulnerable and get more intimate in a uh, in a vocalizing way, obviously not in a physical way. Um, and if we want to create those relationships in our lives with significant others and friendships and have deeper, meaningful conversations, you get to practice that. And practicing it helps, let me tell you. And then when you see other people going through what you're going through, you don't feel alone. And then it's, instead of therapy, where you might have to wait two weeks, or like one of my clients right now, she's actually, she's seeing a therapist, and her therapist just canceled, and she can't see her for like another three weeks. Where coaching, you have direct communication. It's, I don't want you to back to me and telling me that you're doing the same exact thing. I don't want to know, okay, we tried to see and it worked, or it didn't work, so what are we going to do next instead? Um, we're going to look at your past traumas in the beginning. It's not going to be the funnest time of your life. I'm not going to lie about it. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to face off with those things, and we're going to heal, deal, and move on from the past. We're going to look at your patterns and why they're there and how to change them. We're going to look at your attachment styles when it comes to relationships and love languages and personality types. I take my clients through a super, super deep neuro-linguistic programming technique where we actually start rewiring their brain and their memories. And so when limiting beliefs pop up, like, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, I'm not attractive enough, I'm not in shape enough, fill in the blank, you actually have to need a nip it in the butt right away. You're able to start changing it immediately. Uh, we look at your value system. So all of us have about five top values, and most of ours are different from one another. And these values are subconscious, and they dictate whether we end up feeling fulfilled or unfulfilled in the long run from every single decision that we make. So once you know what your top five values are, you get to look at them and be like, okay, if I take this person, are all five of my values met? Because if one of them is not going to be met, I might have instant gratification for a while with them. But in the long run, more than likely, I'm going to end up feeling unfulfilled. So probably shouldn't date that person. You know, you can utilize it for, do I buy the house or rent the house? Do I eat the salad or do I eat the burger? Um, and once you have all of those pieces, then we create the standards for your life. What are you no longer allowing and only allowing in your life moving forward? What is the bare minimum that you are willing to operate in your life moving forward? And then you create your new vision and I set you free. And it's the most um, gratifying experience, both for my clients and myself. And and it becomes a family. It literally becomes a family. It's a very tight-knit group. It's very fun to be a part of. I just hosted my very first retreat with, with my Vern clients in the Dominican Republic this year. It was amazing. And, and yeah, you get to start to build a community of like-minded people. And so many people come to me and they don't have a best friend. They don't have anybody that they can talk to. And when they leave, they now have a community that they can go to for whenever life feels them a challenge. Somebody that they can talk through with it. And it's just, it's, it's really awesome to see. Well, I want to thank you for your time this evening. Uh, it's been a very interesting and enlightening conversation. And, um, <laughs> and uh, it it made me think about some things that we talked and made me think about what made made me feel good over the past 10 so years and 
what didn't make me feel so good and all those types and what gave me energy and what didn't give me energy and so uh, it's I think it's good to no I was just gonna say I think it's good to self-reflect on things like that from time to time and, and uh, give yourself as, as we've been talking mostly about some self-love I think so too. I'm like, and now I'm, I'm interested. I'd love to hear what, what came up for you. You can totally email me if you want to. Like, I love that. I love self-reflection. Yeah. No, I, it's, it's some of it, like I said, was talking about working with the young ladies who, you know, who, who, um, I look forward to every softball season just because of them. That whole time of the oh. year and, and how they were and whatnot. So it's just things like that. So, um, is there a way uh, my listeners can uh, reach out to you? Yeah, you, you can find me at um, either Instagram. I, I have Facebook too, but I'm on Instagram more. Either Instagram or my website. So my website is JackieQ.com, J-A-C-Q-U-I, P like Paul, U-G-H.com, or Jackie underscore Pew on Instagram. And I'm actually hosting a free challenge if anybody would like to join um, on October. I don't know when it's coming out, but it'll be October 24th to the 28th. And we'll do everything from working on energy to slowly rewiring your brain to uh, uh, anti-anxiety techniques to meditations and visualizations and sound healing. It's, it's going to be awesome. So if anybody wants to join that, you're more than welcome. Yeah, this will come out as soon as I can um, do all the edit, editing work, and uh, and then it will be published in either tonight or tomorrow at the latest. So. Okay, awesome, right. beautiful. Well, thank, thank you, so, you so much for having me. You're well, so sweet. Sure, and thank you so much for coming on. Again, it's been Jackie Pew. Uh, um, yep. JackiePugh.com, P-U-G-H. Sorry, that's my St. Louis mixed with my Minnesota accents that are acting up there. So, <laughs> and um, enjoy your trip, and uh, thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant, and I'm driving my car safely and legally communicating on my phone. Minnesota law allows a driver to use their cell phone to make calls, listen to music or podcast, and get directions by voice command or single-touch activation without holding your phone. Violations are very expensive. The National Safety Council reports that cell phone use while driving leads to 1.6 million crashes per year, and nearly 400,000 injuries are caused by texting and driving. Not surprising, since four seconds with your eyes off the road is like driving the length of a football field blindfolded. And research shows that just two seconds increases the risk of an accident up to 24 times. Texting may only take a second, but it can end your life or ruin it forever. Please, drive safely and stay alive. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Bradshaw and Bryant.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the JV's Low Tech Podcast. As El DeBarge said, and our guest Jackie Pugh said, love me in a special way. So love yourself in a special way. I want to thank you guys for uh, hanging on through the connection. Jackie was driving through my hometown of St. Louis, Missouri, as we're actually recording this. So I'd like to thank Jackie again. Uh, you can reach out. And find a way to contact her at Jackie Pugh, and that's P-U-G-H. And I keep throwing the L in there, and there's no L. Jackie Pugh at JackiePugh.com. Well, the ball will keep turning. It is uh, election season again. And I think the next podcast will be on politics and elections. So thanks for listening. Hang on tight. Love yourself and others, and come back and listen to the JB's Low Tech Podcast. JB is my name, and f***ing up motherfuckers is my game. Right on. Negro, black, African American, black, black, black. Django. JB. Damn, Dolomite. Great God in heaven, you know. JB. Our great Negro sex machine.